What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO Project, the MFCEO.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. Look to the future, but embrace our past. We study, we analyze, we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection. We learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
25. Molo here from Grundle. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon. Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Brand, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Fly Racing and presented by FMF Racing. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we got number 45 in your program, number one in your hearts, goes by the name of <laughs> Justin Thompson. Justin, how's it going, brother? Good. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, not to, doing too bad, and of course, uh, uh, we're, we're going to be talking a little bit about numbers in the next little while, and of course, uh, I, I, I roll that number way back to 2002 when you did, in fact, hold the number 45 uh, nationally and raced in the 125 class, banging bars with none other than Ryan, the new Flockhart, but uh, there's a new 45 in town, Colton, uh, Colton Fasciati is going to be running that non- nonstop, but before we get to that... Tell me a little bit about that 2002 season. Um, that I, I, I was binge-watching some races on uh, Guaranteed MX's uh, YouTube channel. I happened to see uh, the, uh, the number 45, Justin Thompson, on a Diablo Honda 125. Tell me about it. <laughs> That's dating me right there. But uh, yes. No, it was good. I mean, a lot, uh, for a long time there, uh, I just had a rough go in uh, my pro Pro career, I had a really good amateur career, and then, uh, you know, never had many injuries, and then turned pro, and it just seemed like the injuries just started coming. So I just had knee injuries, a lot of leg injuries, and it just took me a long time to even get rolling. And, I mean, I really didn't see much success till the end of my career uh, in, in some of the intercross stuff in the U.S. I never really saw much in the uh, Canadian Nationals. I really had good luck in that. So, no, it was, it was good. I, had, I mean, I learned a lot, though. That's, that's the thing. You're always learning, right? Totally. Uh, it's they're not losses, they're lessons, as they say, and uh, and you and you were served up many of lessons, uh, almost uh, like maybe not totally as parallel, but uh, like your success in arena cross kind of mirrors the fact that a guy like Darcy Lange, Im- immensely uh, talented back in the early two- the late nineties, early two thousands, was never able to get a Canadian championship or even that many uh, Can- Canadian overall wins in nationals. But uh, then goes down to the states and um, like uh, if you're talking uh, mid 2000s to late uh, late 2000s, the guy was very pretty much unstoppable on a on a 250f uh, in the small confines of a hockey rink. Yeah, I know he he was amazing at that stuff. And that, that's really you know he made his, his name for that. Went into Supercross. No, Darcy was uh, awesome at that stuff. Awesome, man. Well, I I, I loved watching that guy ride mainly because uh, I was a Kawasaki kid growing up. Uh, only for the fact that, that was the closest dealership to me, and the guy was uh, was lights out fast, and uh, two years in a row comes up short uh, in the the West title, uh, losing to Brad Hagseth and uh, Sean Hamlin. Is there anything more heartbreaking than as a as a young guy like that battling for a championship and being literally like a few points short both times? 
uh, that's just, you know, that's just the sport, right? I mean, it's, uh, it serves it up in different ways to everybody and it's all how you deal with it. I mean, that's really how life is, you know what I mean? So it's, uh, you know, he, Darcy went on from there and, and moved into the States and, and did well through, through some programs that were, I would say would even trump the Canadian stuff that he was racing, you know? So he, oh, he, he made it well with that, you know? And, and like I say, he almost won, I think one year he almost won the Supercross title. So yeah, That's that was cool. uh, 2007 East Coast title over, uh, uh, that was, I think Townley ended up taking the championship and, uh, but it, it came right down to the, the, right down to the wire and, uh, he even got himself a RaceRx cover out of the deal, which I believe he'd be the only Canadian to do so, uh, unless you count RaceRx Canada uh, coverage, which was amazing back in the day. But, uh, <clears throat> Justin, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. You're a repeat offender coming on and, and talking, uh, all things moto, but specifically on this particular episode, Canadian motocross and the progression of it. Uh, the, uh, the Rockstar Triple Crown series is, uh, is is looming in the distance. People are excited, and uh, and there's new press releases seemingly coming out just about every single week. I know you guys have a ton of other things to break all the news. I'd love for you to do all of that right now on my podcast so that I can get all of that publicity, but I know you're not going to. But uh, let's talk about the things you have talked about. Well, I mean, uh, it's just uh, just releasing it felt good. I mean, uh, it's been such a, a closed secret for so long. I mean, there's been uh, glimpses of different things. Obviously, people knew that we were doing a series, but I mean, ultimately, um, it had to be kept under wraps. And I mean, so it's kind of nice just to get it out in the open, get it off our chest, and start building on uh, you know what we've been working on for the last five years. So. Uh, that that's nice and then on top of that with the you know little things like the career numbers um and stuff like that we have plenty more to release and it's just it's given that new flavor uh to, to the motor world right now i mean i you know not that anything was bad before i just think that there's needed new life in it so um with having new life like anything it gives uh new blood in it new life in it and from there you can build right so uh it gives it gives all the amateur kids something to look up to, uh, something to push forward for, and uh, the same with the pros. I mean, it's just it's one of those things, you know. So I'm excited. As as uh, as the rest of the nation is, and even people uh, who who uh, frequent the series from the United States, uh, this, is, this is a series that's been uh, growing in popularity, and it's had different times where uh, it, it's had um, like m- more Americans come up than other times. But uh, I think that this this more than ever is going to bring uh, more talent, more uh, more excitement to to a series uh, like never before. Um, speaking of the the permanent numbers, we we got uh, a guy like uh, Fast Yotes who goes with the forty five, uh, which uh, he's he's ran on on different occasions for uh, for Canada. Uh, why do you think he went with that particular number? Uh, I, I know that like I think in amateurs he was number eighty nine on a in, in amateurs, so I'm not too sure where the uh, forty five came from. I think he just had a great year with that number. So, he, you know, he, he just Fair felt enough. at home with it. So that's, uh, you know, a lot of these guys, I mean, they come through the amateur ranks with these numbers like um, Cavan, uh, Cole. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and Tyler had, Tyler's another one like Colton that had good luck with the number five. So he feels that, you know, number five is his number. So I, I'm I'm just more excited that they uh, they can build off their brand, right? Like I don't, we've never had that in Canada that, a rider can take something, um, call it his own, build off it, have his own branding. And I mean, 
from there, they can build as big as they want. I mean, some may not do anything with it, but I mean, if I was in those shoes and I had a number five, I would be pumping it out everywhere and making sure that everybody knew who that was. And no different than NASCAR does, right? So the teams totally. can take it to a new level. Um, the riders can take it to a new level. I mean, there's just multiple avenues that they can do with that number now. So I'm excited with that. And on the other side of it, not everybody has them. So it's just like the U.S. I mean, not everybody has a permanent number in the U.S. There's lots of guys uh, that bounce around numbers, and, and you know, that's still going to happen. So it's it's giving some extra little bit uh, a push to try to get that career number for a lot of these young kids coming up, right? So it's good. It's going to be uh, exciting. It's uh, it's something that you can always know who number 16 is, who number 45 is, who number 5 is, who number 26 is. You just know those numbers, right? So um, it's 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 going to give us uh, more room to to push this as a corporation and and definitely more room for the riders to push it. Oh, definitely. I think this is a huge step forward. Uh, I think the uh, uh, for for Canadian racing as well as uh, like in, when the states originally um, in, implemented it in the in, I believe it was the two thousand and one season. Uh, it, it ended almost a decade or even many uh, multiple decades of uh, just total confusion as to, on the, in the first few weeks of who's what number. And even if you look at if you you have to be pretty savvy to know who you're looking at in '90s motocross when uh, one year. Um, Michael Rocco is number five on a Kawasaki, and then the next year he's number two on a Kawasaki. But then uh, the, the following year, Kadrowski was five on a Kawasaki, but then he's three the following year. And like, yeah. I, like throughout the nineties, Jeff Emig wore eight, six, three, one, two, and I'm probably missing one somewhere in there. But yeah, like that that that's tough to keep up with. Now you can be uh, I'm fast yotes forty five. That's uh, I'm gonna have that as my butt patch. I'm gonna have t-shirts made. I'm gonna have hats made. Uh, I'm gonna have a rapper coming out for opening ceremonies, to, uh, making a song about uh, fast yotes forty five. Yeah. It's all, all like you know what I mean. All there's endless possibilities. Yeah. Whereas when you always have that changing, moving moving target uh it's really tough to uh keep a um you can't just be like chuck mesley always ending up with number nine and racing for machine honda like that's that's not realistic that's that's a prime example right mesley's a prime example like he always he ended up nine just uh, out of the way the results ended up but everybody knew mesley is nine you know so you know if he was still racing i'm I'm sure he would pick the number nine And, and that's that's something that you can recognize a rider for and then you know what? Mainly, when you're looking back at stuff down the road, you can go, "Oh yeah, that's Mendley or that's whoever," because you recognize the number. It's not that you're like, "Oh man, that's a that's a 2003 bike." And <laughs> it's hard to tell, yeah. right? But it, if you can remember the numbers, then uh, it's an easier way to go. And I mean, it's just the, the sky's the limit for how far we can push this. Oh, for sure. And then when someone changes it, say if someone's on the uh, on Honda for f- like five years and they switch to a Suzuki and they carry that number over to the, the next brand. Like I remember the first time I saw the number four on a Honda after th- seeing uh, Carmichael on a, on a Kawasaki for so many years, it's like, ah, oh, it looks weird. It looks different. And it gets people talking, gives people something to talk about. And, uh, and I'm excited to see that. Yeah, no, I am too. So it's going to be good. Absolutely no. Uh, so, uh, what what else need, needs to be uh, to, to announce? Let's do it all just right here, right now. Like the uh, w- regardless of uh, uh, of like press releases and all that. Let's get let's get all the the excitement and uh, and put it to bed. Actually, before you do that, 
if if uh, well, actually, you know, he could probably still come out and race uh, uh, thirty-five plus two. Uh, Ryan Gold, if he was going with a, 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 a permanent number, is he going with forty? Is he going with I believe he was five one particular season, or uh, would he run the forty from two thousand? I think Gold would go with uh, five. Just, the forty. Galdi, I remember him as a five. Yeah, I remember him as a five. He'd be a five for sure. Yeah. On a on a yeah. on a machine racing Yamaha, getting yeah, the whole shot here. at Grunthal and leading the boys into <laughs> uh, into the backwoods there. Yeah, no, that that would be Galdi number five. I just always know him yeah. as that. You know what I mean? <laughs> for sure. Is that uh, is that the number that he was running when he uh, when he took the uh, the overall win with a uh, with a seven four? Overall, I, I you know what that's Galdi know all that stuff off by hand obviously because yeah, of him of but course, I mean well, he would yeah uh, he knows everything anyways he could tell you what Darcy Lang wore for pants and Grunkle Manitoba and whatever he just knows for sure actually so. not a uh, quick quick off 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 topic story I totally freaked out uh, Doug DeHaan. When I first met him, because he was, he was a, a Fox rep locally, and he was doing a lot of races in, in Manitoba, and I came up to him, and I was like, hey, Doug, you, you won the first race that I ever went to back in 2000 at, at Grunthal. You took the overall, and uh, like you were riding a, a machine racing Kawasaki, uh, for Richmond Gowan, Richmond Gowan Kawasaki. Hey, none of that. Sorry, that's my dog. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, I was like Richmond Gallon Kawasaki, and you were uh, you were number twenty six, and uh, and and Blair Morgan was wearing an orange helmet the whole year. He's like, he was wearing an orange helmet. Why do you remember that? Like this was like two thousand thirteen. <laughs> he's like, that is like, all right. It was really nice to meet you, and gave me like the weirdest look ever. And I was like, all right, thanks, nice to meet you too. Uh, but yeah, th- that stuff is uh, like it's just ingrained. Uh, people need to start wearing orange helmets more often, or something like that. But uh, just odd stats. Uh, me and Galdi have that in common. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Galdi, I mean, he knows anything about any any race that's happened in the last twenty years. You know. <laughs> hey everyone, let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like Zipper Lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at FlyRacing.com. In motorsports, the action pulls us in, and often we never get close enough to the exhilaration and athletes that amaze us. Although trackside seats are available, nothing gets you closer to motocross and supercross action than the collective experience. Dave Drakes has created an exclusive opportunity to get you closer to the sport you love so much. If you want an all-access experience with Adam or Tyler Knapp, Henry Miller, John Ames, or even the cat, AJ Catanzaro, you need to check out the collective experience today. The collectivexp.com, as well as the collective ex on Instagram, is where you can find the collective experience. Do so immediately. The collective experience. Nobody gets you closer. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. 
Now, I start every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, Big MX listeners, it's time for another commercial break. Please listen carefully to these, and we'll be right back to the show. Thanks. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA all things wheels. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying them. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it, these guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one-of-a-kind. The reason why they're one-of-a-kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral Brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX 
Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the viral brand. That that being said, uh, I, I know like he's been he's been working closely with the Jetworks crew. Uh, like, uh, what, what kind of plans do you guys have for for a guy like Galdi implementing uh, that well of knowledge into uh, into either like uh, creating change within the series or just adding to it from a from a history standpoint? I know he's got a ton to offer. Yeah, Galdi's uh, um, you know he's always done a good job at wherever he is. I mean, uh, the biggest thing that uh, asset that I think he has is his. Uh, announcing so um that's really all that's what we're uh you know ultimately using them for is is uh the way that he can bring excitement to a crowd and that's you know where you'll see him in the arena cross supercross motocross is is making sure that uh, the experience you see uh on the side of the track or in the stands is the excitement that Galdi can bring and that's you know he knows the program he's done it uh three four years now with us um and it's just that that's where i think his biggest asset is I mean, obviously, in the amateur side, he's uh, he's the guy for for Ontario, and and uh, he's gonna, you know, ultimately stay there and, and do that. But I mean, uh, on the national side, uh, in the amateur national side, he's gonna be the guy in the mic, making sure that the uh, the place is jumping. No doubt, and that's actually one of the things that people were kind of uh, either skeptical about or worried about when uh, when Jetworks kind of uh, swooped in is that there was a lot of uh, talk about professional racing, not as much of a focus on amateur racing, and of course the the pro level stuff is the I think honestly, like my opinion, take care of your pros. And then, uh, and then the, 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 the feeder, the feeder classes will in turn kind of, uh, get, generate excitement and move forward and, and, and not really take care of themselves, so to speak. But, uh, if there's somewhere to go, uh, amateur racing seems to have uh, more strength that way. Uh, I think that's one of, honestly, one of the things that Manitoba struggles with so much is that our, our, our pro class is, uh, like, for lack of better terms, kind of pathetic looking. So the, the younger athletes don't really seem to want to, really get there because they're like all right sweet well i can raise to the level where there's five guys in the class and i get waxed by the firmers um and um <laughs> so uh like my, my question is uh what is jetworks doing to maximize and and revolutionize Amer- amateur racing in canada because i know that is also something that's needed a uh, uh basically a reset button for uh, for a long time now well, the number one thing is, uh, I mean, uh, oh, like I say, all this stuff will be uh, released here soon, um, so I won't let the whole cat out of the bag. But I mean, ultimately, it's, uh, our number one thing was to uh, to join the country again and make sure that we were a whole, uh, so that we can have you know true champions, and it's not you know a tra- champion in this series, champion in that series, champion in this, you know, so that every everything was kind of uh, separated so much that. I think ultimately that was the number one thing that we set out to do is to set the regions back uh, together and, and, and give them a lot of incentives moving forward, um, help them with uh, OEM support um, to make sure that they have, uh, you know, they can get their packages in front of the OEMs to make sure that they get the support for the province. Um, and ultimately from there build, uh, you know, better, better incentives as far as kickbacks to the, to the, to the region, making sure that they're strong, making sure they have what they need for infrastructure, uh, and, you know, and rule books and whatnot. And then also, you know, when the nationals do come to town, uh, there's a full amateur program that's attached to it. That's just called the amateur opens. So, 
um, all that stuff will be released soon. And I'm really excited about it because, you know, the amateur side of things is, uh, what a lot of people don't know is that it's basically a separate event. It's like two events in one, um, with the amateurs having, you know, center stage on Sunday at all our nationals. So, um, the cool thing is, is that it'll be its own experience. There'll be uh, live broadcast, video broadcast for each round so that, uh, you know, family members, friends, whatever can watch at home. Uh, and this is for the amateurs. I'm not talking pros right now, but, uh, yeah. It'll give them that, that feel of, uh, you know, getting up on stage, talking to Galdi, and, um, you know, like a, a mini Walton feel at every round of the Nationals, which is uh, going to be good. And, I mean, finish it off with some big awards uh, and a little award ceremony, and that's how every round is going to be. And uh, why we structured it like that, there's a, there's a couple reasons. One, uh, we needed a better system to get uh, people to Walton and, um, you know, to qualify and whatnot. And the way to do it is I think, you know, there's there's a lot of people that can't make Walton. And I mean, you know, whether it's financial or whether it's, you know, they just can't drive across the country or they're too far away or they don't want to go or whatever. So this way it ultimately gives them the closest thing to a, to a grand national in their backyard. And from there it qualifies them to go to Walton. So it's one big uh, formula to, to build the, you know, try to, you know, over the next couple of years, build the best races we possibly can in every region that will eventually face off and, and see who a true champion is. Kind of like the way it should have been uh, back in the day, and it, it wasn't in the day, but it, it just kind of fell apart a little bit. And, you know, once again, it was the separations of the provinces. So uh, that's the number one goal, build the regions back strong and, uh, you know, make sure that they're excited and ready for when, you know, the Rockstar Triple Crown comes into town because following every Rockstar Triple Crown race, there's, you know, an amateur open national. So um, that's what we're doing. Yeah, I know everyone's super excited about that. All the buzz about having uh, that, that top-level talent in, in uh, as many provinces as possible. And for the first time since, I believe, 2011, uh, Manitoba will be treated to top-flight motocross action. The likes of uh, of most likely uh, like a, a Matt Gerke, a Colton Fasciati, a Tyler Medaglia, and, uh, and many others. Minidosa. McNabb Valley Raceway will be hosting a, a national in, I believe it's uh, in in July, and uh, I couldn't be more happy to see that Manitoba gets a national. Uh, I, I, it, it was uh, surprising that uh, that I actually it's not super surprising that that uh, McNabb Valley would get that that race mainly because they're so close to Brandon. They are only a thirty five minute drive from from Brandon, Manitoba, which is a it's a city. It's 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 got its own uh, WHL team. It's a it's a sprawling metropolis in its own right. Um, if if you could touch on uh, the the decision to go to uh, McNabb Valley, actually, uh, you know, we went. Uh, my brother and I actually came out uh, when we were out there and, and went to a bunch of different tracks. And I mean, man, you guys got some beautiful tracks in Manitoba. And I mean, uh, every, everything out there, I mean, there could be multiple rounds out there, but I mean, obviously, uh, you know, with bigger centers across the country, we could never do that. But I mean, it ultimately came down to, um, you know, we couldn't decide on tracks because there is multiples that are good. So it ultimately came down, you know, discussing, um, with some OEMs and, and some other people that, uh, you know, where the closest, uh, to major centers, major airports, um, obviously gravel roads. I mean, that was a big thing because of, uh, these million dollar rigs. And, um, you know, that, that was a, 
you know, eye opener to to us to to see like you know all these beautiful tracks that we never knew existed in uh, the province of Manitoba. So it was kind of it was kind of nice to come out there and see them all and, and know what uh, what is out there. And uh, we we've, we've been uh, trying to you know discuss with Kyle moving forward on how we can uh, help you guys out there with some other things that we got planned. So uh, that's ultimately how it came down to McNabb's is that, um, you know, it had the least amount of uh, gravel roads, the least, you know, the least amount of distance to a city. And um, the the demographics in that area are a lot higher than the other venues. So that's ultimately what happened. And, and uh, we're excited about it. I mean, it's going to move between there and um, Saskatchewan. So uh, we haven't figured out if it's going to go every other year or it's going to go every couple of years, but uh, we're ultimately going to go back and forth between Manitoba and Saskatchewan. So whether we see different tracks over the years, I don't know. Um, that's too early to tell, but I mean, uh, you know, I'm excited just the fact that we can try to join the country back together with having Manitoba back on the map. No doubt. I, I, I couldn't be more pumped to see that. Uh, it's a track that uh, I actually rode uh, not four weeks ago before the snow flew here in Manitoba. I was able to uh, put my knobbies in McNabb Valley. They're always changing that place up. Uh, Brad McNabb, of course, uh, you're probably even more familiar with Ryder, who uh, twists the throttle pretty much uh, as good as any kid uh, of his age. And uh, and he will one day, no doubt, be uh, for going, uh, going for a Triple Crown Series championship of his own, most likely running the permanent number of 64. Uh, or 164 rather uh, like uh, the, the kids lights out fast the track is flowing it's actually got some uh, like some elevation change which is totally different for uh, for Manitoba uh, most of the tracks I'm sure you went to including uh, including Prairie Hill and Grunthal uh, both basically flat tracks there's uh, the, although there's a they, they do their best with what they have there's not a, a ton to work with as far as elevation but uh, with with McNabb Valley, they go over the, they go up, up over a hill, they go back under, they go back into the field, they come up with that, that big old finish line jump that's way too fun, and I can even clear it, so that's pretty <laughs> sweet. Um, but yeah, like the track is is expertly maintained, and uh, I think they're he's gonna work that thing to the fact that you guys are gonna have an amazing event uh, once time comes for uh, the the race to show up. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's, uh, that goes for all the tracks that we saw there. There's no one that uh, doesn't do a good job in their facility. And I'm, I mean, that was, uh, it was tough for us to be put in the situation that we had to make the choice. Um, because, you know, ultimately we made decisions that, you know, prior to that and, and it basically we had to sit down and go through it with, uh, the OEMs and, and make decisions, uh, not just for us, make it for, for everybody. And that, that was ultimately where some of the changes happened and, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, at least uh, we know, you know, everything that Manitoba has to offer now. And we're, you know, fortunate we went to see them all. And like I say, that the tracks there are beautiful. So, I mean, there's not a bad track in uh, the ones that we've seen. So that's pretty cool to see uh, a province that has that many nice tracks. For sure, and there's a ton of beautiful tracks all over this country. Found that out uh, when, I, when I've done some traveling, whether I go to uh, Saskatchewan, Alberta, BC, even in, in, into Ontario as well. Uh, different soils all throughout, and I think that just speaks to the, the the diversity of Canada in general. We've got we've got rocky tracks, we've got uh, we, we've got sandy tracks, we've got clay tracks, especially here in Manitoba, uh, and everything in between. Um, is, is like uh, that aside. 
Um, is there anything so far of the announcements that have been made that most excites you, or uh, is is the most exciting announcement yet to still be made? Uh, you know what? I mean, obviously getting uh, getting it off our chest and having it out there, but I mean, uh, the, there's still a lot of exciting stuff to come. And I mean, I, I really couldn't pencil it down to one one thing. There's just so many cool things that we're going to try to bring to table that uh, I think is a big step forward for Canada. And I mean, uh, you know, we've looked at a lot of things around the world and tried to mimic off stuff and, and, and you know, what was good, what was bad. And, and so, I mean, it's a lot of new stuff. I mean, we couldn't, you know, there was nothing in Canada that we could copy to make this thing work. So, um, you know, it's a lot of really in-depth uh, decision-making, trying to pull it all together, piece it all together, and make sure that, uh, you know, the riders are taken care of along with the fans, right? So, um, and then ultimately the sponsors. I mean, it's it's got to be a win-win-win. So that's kind of what we've been doing. And, and uh, like I say, there's going to be a lot released that uh, I think people will be like, wow, I'm really excited about next year. You know, and, that, and that's, that's something that we've needed for a while. And it's, you know, just mainly just that it's new. Right. So, um, but you know, we'll go above and beyond to make sure that everybody's uh, satisfied and, and having a good time. That you will. And they'll all find out how the chips will fall. February 24th uh, is the first round, I believe. Correct. Yes. Yes. We're in Abbotsford uh, the 24th and it's uh it's going to be interesting. I mean, uh, honestly, uh, I'm excited as a fan. I just, uh, you know, I don't know. I know that everybody's getting ready. I know uh, Berkey might have got hurt there on the weekend, but I mean, he'll be ready back uh, for that for that race. But uh, um, oh, yeah. you know, it's going to be exciting to see uh, who who can who can piece it together. I mean, ultimately, it's it's a test across all the disciplines, but it's a test across time, right? I mean, you got to stay healthy for the whole season to win that triple crown and. Um, you know, guys like Medaglia, I mean, Tyler's just good at everything and, you know, he's, he's got a good chance at doing, doing it and winning the triple crown, you know, and there's Colton and there's Cole, there's Kevin, there's, you know, will Kevin race ring across to, to try to win it or will he just ride motocross? I mean, that's all yet to see, but I mean, at least we got something that we're all anticipating. Uh, I feel like that's been missing for a while in Canada. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> there's a ton of excitement gathered around this. More uh, more events than uh, than ever before seen on a Canadian uh, uh, series, and uh, and they can all find out more information on the uh, on Rockstar, Rockstar com. Absolutely. Uh, they can wa- they can watch the, the uh, video. There's links to the press conference that was uh, they can get completely caught up that way. Uh, events. Partners, you name it. Tickets, uh, I, I don't know, are tickets available yet for purchase? Can I go there and, and, January, and get my media pass January, there now? <clears throat> January 1st, all tickets will be on sale, and you'll be able to go through there and purchase them directly to your phone. So it's uh, that's another thing. Oh. We're just trying to make things streamlined. So it's, uh, <clears throat> it's easy that, you know, you can basically, just like you're going to the movies, I mean, really anybody doesn't do it any way than through their phone anymore. So we're trying to make things streamlined. Yeah. Um, We've done it for a long time in the U.S. and slowly brought a little bit of it in in Canada, but we're, you know, we're fully engaged now in Canada, and uh, you know, we closed down our U.S. operation to to focus on this. So uh, it's all hands on deck. So we'll be able to open up, uh, open up all the uh, floodgates and let let everything uh, flow that we can, you know, make this thing the best it's ever been. Awesome, man. Well, I I know people are are just 
just starting to get more and more excited about this. And uh, if they haven't already, go to Triple Crown Series on Instagram. They're a great follow. They're very informative, and uh, and the best is yet to come as far as Canadian motocross. And uh, you, you guys just keep uh, kicking out the jams, and uh, we're just going to enjoy it, man. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time. Thank you. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. As think more things get announced, we'll, we'll have you on again to, to discuss those. And uh, um, yeah, can't, can't wait to see what uh, what else you got in the chamber. Awesome, buddy. Sounds good. <laughs>